Hello, and welcome to the Storyteller's Mission with Zena Del Lowe, a podcast for artists and storytellers about changing the world for the better through story. Today is Christmas Eve Eve, and Christmas happens to be one of the most important holidays in the Christian religion. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that one of the things I talk about a lot on this show is Christian worldview. Christian worldview is wrapped up in this idea that the Bible is actually true, that Jesus really is the Son of God who was born of the Virgin Mary, and that he came to save us from our sins, that he is God with us, Emmanuel. It's also wrapped up in the idea that everything that the Bible tells us about mankind and God and his interaction with us, his plan for us, his purposes for us, are all true. That the Bible is actually true. And that it is the revealed word of God that helps us to understand this world in which we live. Which is why Christian worldview is important. Because when you're writing stories, The main thing is to reflect the truth of the world as we know it. And in my humble opinion, Christianity is the best reflection of the truth as we personally know it to be. Now, I also argue that there are some prerequisites to writing a good story. But since The core issue of story is that it hinges on how well we reflect the truth about the world as we know it to be, and as it actually is. There are two primary things that I think we can do as artists to improve our ability to write good stories. And that is, one, we can have a better understanding of theology, good orthodox theology, and two, we could have a better understanding of human psychology. And by the way, I'm not arguing that you actually have to be a Christian in order to write good stories, even though it's all about reflecting the truth of the world as it actually is. So if Christianity is true, then we are tasked with trying to represent that in our stories, the world as God really created it, which I believe is the best reflection of what we actually experience as human beings. So human psychology and orthodox theology actually support each other because they test each other. And if you're trying to promote something that is not true, You'll know it somewhere. You'll know it. Your experience will reveal to you that something doesn't ring true. Nevertheless, you don't have to actually be a Christian to write good stories. Because the truth is there's plenty of non-Christians or people with alternative worldviews who have written really good stories. But the thing is, those people have to be committed to telling the truth as they know it about human beings. And insofar as they are in touch with their humanity, they can still tell the truth about the world. Because our humanity is part of what we call general revelation. It's the stuff that we can get to through our humanity simply by being honest about what it's like to be human. 
Now, the thing is, the reason that I keep going back to unpack this concept of Christian worldview is because people are still confused even now about what it really means to write stories that have a biblical Christian worldview. One of my students recently submitted an analysis on the film Lethal Weapon, and they were tasked with trying to analyze it according to how well it matches up with a Christian worldview. That was the question. Does it support a biblical Christian worldview? But what my student did is in the analysis, my student said that they failed to live up to their biblical Christian worldview as if the characters themselves were supposed to be somehow Christians because they had failed to show forgiveness instead of violence or whatever the case may be. But that is missing the point. That is actually a wrong analysis here. And that's not what I mean when I ask, is this supporting a biblical Christian worldview? Not to mention the fact that that is a very shallow Christian worldview, because the truth is we live in a world where sometimes we have to have force to bring people to justice. We can't just offer forgiveness. How would that work when there's criminals at play? So that's also just not a very thought out theology and it's not going to work in the real world. That just doesn't even compute. It's silly. And yet the point is my student really thought that that's what she was supposed to do. So I want to keep unpacking this idea so that we have a better understanding of what am I talking about when I say that a story should reflect a biblical Christian worldview, even if it's not written by a Christian in order for it to be deemed good. And that brings us back to the two kinds of revelation that we have available to us in order to understand truth. One is special revelation. This is the revelation where God literally revealed himself through the word of God, but also through his son, Jesus. And we're supposed to glean truth from those two things. It's special revelation because we never could have reasoned ourselves there. We couldn't look at ourselves. We couldn't look at the world as it is and get this God of ours. He had to reveal himself specially in order for us to understand him. But the other kind is general revelation, and that is just from creation itself. It's the truth that we can glean simply by looking at the world as it really is and being honest about it and then reflecting it. General revelation means the knowledge that we can gain about God and the world as he made it simply by looking at the world around us, by who we are as people, by what we observe and see, What are the laws that seem to be in place in this world based on our experiences? Not because anybody's specifically or specially revealed anything to us, but things that we as humans know to be true simply because we're in touch with ourselves and we can observe the world around us. And by the way, this is why things like moral relativism ultimately fall apart. Because while we can say and truly actually think that we believe that morality is relative, meaning that it depends on the culture that you're born into, it depends on the time that you live in, it depends on what you've been taught by society, what's been handed down to you. That's how we define morality and therefore nothing is permanent or universal or objective. There's no standard objective morality. It's all relative and we're just products of the day and age in which we live. So we could argue those things, 
But when it comes down to it experientially, it doesn't hold up because we all know we've experienced times when we have felt wronged. We know when someone has wronged us. And if we feel that we've been wrong specifically or objectively, then that speaks to something beyond our philosophical ideology that we might try to espouse. It speaks to a knowledge that's deeper than what we think to be true on a cognitive level. And that means that it's written on our hearts. We know it in our knower. So our experience as human beings tells us truth about the world as it really is. And we can tap into this truth as human beings and we'll find out more about God. And this is why no one is without excuse. Because if we're honest about our genuine experiences as human people, how we feel, how we behave, if we're truly honest and we're not actively trying to deceive ourselves or justify ourselves, then we actually end up espousing a worldview that only Christianity ends up articulating. And see, this is why I believe that Christianity is true. Well, there's several reasons, of course, that I believe it's true, including the fact that I believe that it was an actual historical event that has evidence to support it and that it is the best explanation of the facts. But the other reason why I believe that Christianity must be true is simply because it actually reflects everything that I know to be true as a person. It offers the best explanation of what I genuinely, truly experience as a human person. It is the only religion that adequately explains what I already know to be true in my knower. When I honestly evaluate the natural world, the general revelation, it matches my experiences and it actually gives me further insight into why I would have the experiences that I have. It helps explain the experiences that I'm having. So it's the theology that informs what I'm already experiencing, which is why psychology and theology work hand in hand to reveal truth. Which is why, if we want to be better storytellers, we ought to get better at both. We need to understand both. And again, I'm not saying that you have to actually be a Christian in order to write a good story. Because you can still write the truth as long as you're being honest about the human experience. But when you also then have a proper theology, it can inform that human experience and give even greater insight into the depths and the meaning and the profundity of it all. So it can make you a better writer. Having said that, however, it can also make you a worse writer. And that's when you try to use it to preach or to try to present those orthodox tenets in a message-driven context because you're trying to convince people of those things, which actually ruins your story. And you don't need it because your job is simply to reflect what you generally know to be true about the human experience. Now, this is important because I can say if God exists, then he has revealed himself. He's chosen to reveal himself through a written record so that we can't get it wrong. I mean, what a great God, right? 
It's not just oral tradition. It's actually a written account of his interactions with people throughout the ages, and it's consistent. There are no internal contradictions. There are apparent contradictions, but not actual contradictions. And of course, you have to research that on your own. But the reason I'm even unpacking this is because it's also, there's one other potential problem here. And that is that if I base my Christianity solely on my personal experiences with God himself, then I'm going to be in trouble. Because the truth is, God has never revealed himself to me in the flesh. I've never actually heard his voice audibly. I've never, you know, encountered Jesus like right there in front of me, like he appears to me in the bathroom or something like that. So there is this hiddenness of God. He's chosen to reveal himself through alternative means, but he hasn't chosen to reveal himself directly, to me at least. Maybe he has to you. And I'm not going to say that he hasn't, but to me, that has been my experience. So if I'm basing what I believe solely on my particular experience, then I'm going to be in trouble because I'm going to be prone to dismiss the existence of God since he hasn't appeared to me directly. And there's this concept called epistolic distance. It's a whole bunch of arguments as to why God might choose to reveal himself this way, indirectly, as opposed to directly, which I find compelling and also persuasive, including the fact that if he revealed himself directly as God to everybody in the world, that it would take away free will, which is a fundamental component, as you know, not just to story, but to us as individuals. So much of what happens to us here on this earth and in the next life is dependent upon this concept of free will. Without it, we are automatons. Without it, we are hopeless, which I have talked about over and over again in this series. So free will is an essential ingredient of hope, and it's a hopeless thing when there is no free will. God would not want us to be in hopelessness. He wants us to be in hope, which means we have to be able to choose him freely. And if he revealed himself to us directly, how could we then freely choose? We couldn't. We would be compelled to. We'd be forced to. We might even be resentful for having to. So instead, he has chosen a different path. And I think there's all sorts of good arguments for this that you ought to look into if you're wondering about that. For example, imagine you have a friend that's in need and you're doing everything you can to help that friend. But then imagine that somebody else swoops in and says, oh, by the way, I'm that friend's father or I'm that friend's caretaker and I'm the one that's responsible for that person. They've revealed themselves as the primary person of responsibility for that person. And therefore, in doing so, it's probably going to mean I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop and hand over all of the good deeds I was doing to the responsible party and let them take over from there. Now think about what that looks like when you consider it according to our role within the church. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ, right? We don't have to be the hands and feet if Christ is specifically revealing himself. We would just expect him to take care of everything. But then that diminishes what we do. And it actually dries up all the good deeds and the goodwill and all of the things that we're supposed to do that actually help us evolve and become better people and develop things like empathy. So to me, it just makes sense why God would reveal himself indirectly, even if it's only for the purpose of having his people be the people that are demonstrating who he is through action. 
And again, why would we do anything if God showed us himself directly and then we would just expect him to do it all for everybody? But that's an aside. The point here is that in apostolic distance, where there's a hiddenness of God that we can't access outside of him specifically revealing himself through an indirect means, like a book called the Bible. Our knowledge of him isn't directly revealed to us personally by him coming out of the clouds and saying in a loud voice, Hello, I'm God. Everybody bow down and worship me. He doesn't do that. And again, I think there's a lot of good apologetic arguments that discuss why that is the case. And I would encourage you to look into that. But how does that play into story? Well, it plays in a story because it speaks to the truth about our human experience. We have to be honest about those things. And then when we're writing a scene in a story, we're trying to write it in a way that actually makes the audience connect with it because they see the truth of it. Oh, yeah, I've experienced that. Ooh, that resonated with me. Oh, man, I could understand how she could feel that way. Yeah, I've had something similar. Based on all the things that ring true to me, I am trying to connect with those characters. So it's always about that ring of truth, that ring of truth. And again, you don't have to be a Christian, but if you are, it can help you reveal even greater truth. But ironically, it can also end up causing harm to us as storytellers because, well, for one, you have to actually be a good theologian. And not just a positive thinker or have adopted some sort of flawed theology that actually warps our sense of our human experience. Like you have to be able to think through these things because otherwise what happens is the thing that you're trying to manifest in the story itself becomes a message that you try to preach. And that's bad writing. Because if you're a good enough writer, you should show it. Show it through your character's experience. You don't try to preach the doctrine behind that truth. You try to show it. And I believe that the best stories don't preach any kind of doctrine. They simply show a genuine reflection of an honest character experience. A character going through huge things and dealing with their crises honestly in accordance with what we already know to be true about humanity. It rings true to us. We can relate. Okay, so what does that have to do with anything? Well, the reason this is important is because, like I said, I have a lot of people who are still struggling to understand what it means for their story to reflect a biblical Christian worldview, which has led to questions even about genre, what genres are appropriate. There are a lot of Christians struggling with the idea of Well, what if I'm writing in a world where none of that stuff is present? Or what if I'm writing in this world, but I'm developing another type of mythology that may or may not match what's being taught in Christianity? Is that appropriate or is that a problem? So I'm actually going to dive into that topic in greater detail next week because I think it's a really important one to explore. For now... There are two things that we can do to make us better storytellers. We can understand our humanity better, be honest with ourselves, but also study theology. True Orthodox Christianity will give you greater insights into the human experience. 
The two match. If it's true, it will match. I really believe we should be amateur psychologists and theologians. Thank you so much for joining me this week on The Storyteller's Mission with Zena Del Lowe. May you go forth inspired to change the world for the better through story.